Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is memorial candles. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Zenzalo, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, memorial candle. I have no clue. So let's start with, what is it? Well, for this year, it is a glass candle. So like one of those tall candles that is in glass, not like a Pottery Barn style candle, but like, have you seen the ones at the grocery store? Mother of Guadalupe. Yes. I was going to ask if it's like the ones that you would find in like a Catholic gift shop. Yes, exactly. Because they're safer. Oh. If you forget and leave one of those kinds of candles lit, it is a safer because it's got the glass surrounding it. Oh, that's and fascinating. It I never would have out. guessed that. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's why we chose this style as mm-hmm. we were thinking about these for this year. Instead of just a wax pillar that you would put onto something or a taper or something like that. These that are in the glass candles, if you walk away and forget it... Mm-hmm. and it continues to burn for a long time, it is self-contained and much less dangerous. Okay. So what started the idea for this project for this year? So we're heading towards the big set of holidays in the Lutheran calendar. And of course, we're sending into the holiday season for the United States in general, as we're heading towards the end of October and we get Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas We also have this gigantic national election going on, Mm -hmm. and our world feels like it is chaos and madness. Every single day holds an entire year's worth of news cycle, and it's hard. Yeah, and nobody can go see their loved ones because of the pandemic. And Thanksgiving this year, like, I don't know if you're already mourning Thanksgiving, but I totally am. I started mourning that. I think I saw the writing on the wall probably around the 4th of July. Yeah. But I'm not quite sure the rest of my family has come to the same conclusions that I have. Yeah. And for me, since Thanksgiving is the only major holiday that I'm not actively putting together a worship service and working because we don't have a Thanksgiving Eve service and I've never pushed for one. And so it's the holiday I can really take off and just be with family. Mm Mm-hmm. And I usually have a family table. Normally I feed a whole bunch of people. And it's the one day of the year where I get people to my table who enjoy my cooking. And I have Southern roots. And so I love feeding people. Mm -hmm. So I don't even know that I'm going to buy a turkey this year. Mm -hmm. Because I think I'll be too sad. Yeah. It's going to be very, very different. Yeah. So going into this recognizing that we've got some really challenging months coming up ahead of us. We also have a couple of service of great liturgical significance at the end of this month. One of them is Reformation Sunday. Mm -hmm. The next is All Saints Sunday. So one thing that people may not recognize is that those two events are from the very beginning intrinsically intertwined with one another. Okay. Because the reason why Martin Luther in 1517 posted the 95 theses on the wall on October 31st, which we know as Halloween, Mm -hmm. but whose origins are All Hallows' Eve, is because November 1st 
is All Saints Day. All Saints Day is the day we remember the people who've gone before us, the people who have died, and we remember their stories, and we remember their journeys in life, and we remember who they were, and we learn from them, and we honor them, and we lift up their memories. And in that week, in that weekend, Johann Huss, who was a man who sold indulgences for the Catholic Church and was really, really good at it. Like he was the top-notch salesman, the best fundraiser. Yeah, a quick reminder that indulgences uh-huh. were ways to get your loved ones out of purgatory faster. Exactly. So this is your get-out-of-jail-free guy, right? And he's doing a great fundraising job. And the other thing to remember is that in 1517, Martin Luther and this whole time period is surrounded by plague. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Right? So lots of people dying, some of people dying who haven't had the chance to kind of bring their lives into alignment with their faith. And so lots of people going to purgatory within the Catholic structure at the time, especially when it comes to a plague that takes you down before you know what's going to happen. Sure. Sound familiar? Mm-hmm. So Johann Huss is coming into the town where Martin is a parish pastor close by where he's also a professor and he is coming to town in order to sell these indulgences to peasants who are worried about their loved ones in purgatory because there has been a plague. He's coming in specifically on all saints weekend. Huss is. Huss, exactly. Specifically in the weekend when people are thinking about their deceased loved ones. Well, that's just good timing. And he's coming in with a sale, mm-hmm. right? Like it's an all saints indulgence sale. You're thinking about your loved one who has died of the plague in the year past and you want to make sure they get out of purgatory. So here's your way to do it. And so he comes into town to sell this special all saints day indulgence for God's people. And Martin is furious that the people are being taken advantage and manipulated in this way to take the grief of a people in the midst of a plague and to take their money to build a large building off of their grief. And Martin writes the 95 theses and they are posted the day before All Saints Day. So our Reformation Day is always the final Sunday in October. Okay. All Saints Day is November 1st and is always the first weekend of November. Okay. This year, we will celebrate Reformation on October 25th. All Saints Day is on a Sunday this year. It is November 1st. Mm -hmm. And it is a Sunday and we will honor it. It also happens to be the week of the election. Wow. Everything's aligning. Yay. Right? And so about four months ago... As we were thinking about and pondering into this season and how can we support our people who are in the midst of a pandemic and in the midst of a difficult election year and in the midst of challenge, how can we find a way to support and give hope and how can we give an opportunity for that connection with one another that we've been missing One of the beautiful moments in our All Saints Day service every year is when we get to light our candles to remember our loved ones who have died in the year before and in the previous years. It is one of the more beautiful poignant points in that service. 
Absolutely. And we open the service usually by reading the names of those that we have lost in the year. And throughout all of October, we would normally have a book out for people to write the name of their loved one to have their name spoken aloud at the beginning of the worship service. This year, we have over 109,000 names. And that's from COVID alone Mm -hmm. that could be spoken. Not to mention those of us who have lost loved ones through many, many, many other causes. And so we wanted to find some way to mark that All Saints Day, even though we know that our congregation will not be gathering in person. And so we started this process of creating a memorial candle. And our goal is to have this candle to every household in the congregation before Reformation Sunday. Okay. And the reason why is because I want us to tie this things are always changing. And our faith has been through major changes before. I want us to tie that with the connection of the story of the people who've gone before us. Mm -hmm. One of the words that has been constant in the last year, I mean, it's kind of funny because I think it's unprecedented for us to use this word so much. (laughs) Oh yeah, there's far too much that's now actually precedented. Right. I don't know. Maybe it was last month when we had all the forest fires Mm -hmm. and it was, you know, the unprecedented forest fires and the unprecedented. And I just noticed how much constantly hearing that term was separating me from the resiliency of our stories. When I keep being told that what I'm experiencing is unprecedented. I start to think that I have to have a strength and a resiliency that no one before me has ever had to have. And I started to feel like I was losing connection to my roots, Mm -hmm. like the dirt and the soil of my roots was being just washed away from this constant being fed, that these experiences are unprecedented. And so my reaction was to start to look back and to say, no, wait a minute, 500 years ago, they were experiencing plague. They were experiencing major loss. They were experiencing political upheaval. They were experiencing tidal waves of change and shift coming through the church as they understood it. That's not unprecedented. There are people who have gone before us who have lived through this. I started looking at you know, the history of major global catastrophes and the year where there was the major volcanic eruption, Mm -hmm. two or three years that followed afterwards where the earth was so cold that there was famine and it was dark for so long. I'm thinking, okay, there were people, there were cultures, there was faith that lasted all the way through that experience of natural disaster. Yes, what we are experiencing is terrifying and hard and challenging, but it is not unprecedented. Mm -hmm. There are others who have lived through these things. Yeah. And I wanted to root back into those stories. Yeah. I mean, even the election cycle, if you go back and look at some of the stories of history, they've been raucous since the beginning, basically. And it's not to belittle in any way, shape or form the trauma that is currently happening. 
right? It is incredible the amount of trauma that is happening in our country on a daily basis and around our world on a daily basis. And the climate catastrophe that is looming yep. is unprecedented, right? I don't think that there has been a climate catastrophe looming in the same way since the time of the dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. right? So keeping an eye on what do we really call unprecedented mm -hmm. and what do we avoid trying to make so frightening that we lose our rootedness and we lose our grounding in the story of those who've gone before us. And so this memorial candle was kind of the idea that came from these conversations of, I want to help our people find hope and resiliency. Those are the two big things. I want to find a way to provide a reminder that we can be resilient, that our faith is resilient, that we have the capacity for resiliency, and that we can choose hope. And to hand us something tangible that everyone in our community can touch the same item and know that others can touch that item and be connected with one another all around the world. We've sent four of these internationally now. Nice. So all around the world where we can touch these and know that we can choose hope and not hope that is like, Flatty, ooh, I so hope that I get really happy yarn for my birthday, but hope like I am going to dig into the deepest strength of my ancestors, pull it up through my toenails, into my gut and trust and choose to be a hopeful person that believes our world can be different. And that's a... That's super hard. Right? And that's guttural. Yeah. And that is Advent. That is an unwed teenage mother under occupation proclaiming to her unborn child that the world will turn upside down. Right? And that's where we're headed in the next two months, right? We go from these Sundays where we have Reformation and All Saints, and then we'll have the weekend after the election, and we'll have the end of our church year. And then we go directly into Advent, this season of hope. Mm. And so how can we begin to set us up to point us not towards a pretty sparkly hope this year, but a down-in-the-dirt, rooted resilient choice the candle yes is our hope of a way to start this process it is it is a brilliant idea because <laughs> even when we do the zoom church and we've done an entire podcast on making a sacred space at home there is still something about knowing that i've got a thing it was made with meaning and I'm not the only one who has it for the same reason that mm -hmm. I can bring with me and use when I need to, mm -hmm. especially knowing that it's not just my house. It's others that I know and care deeply for. Yes. I think it's a wonderful idea. And it's not been made by just one person. I wasn't the only one to you have You didn't my just hands go to this. the Dollar Tree and buy some candles and we're going to pass them out. No. What ended up happening is with this idea, we created out a project sheet and we've been working on it for several months, but we are blessed in our congregation to have an amazing artist. And Abby Houston, 
Um, I wish I knew her Instagram handle off the top of my head, but we'll, we'll link put it, it on there. Yes. <laughs> and we'll share it on Facebook. Abby does amazing art, beautiful, colorful, rich art. And so with an idea from the flautist of our congregation, she had mentioned somehow incorporating our stained glass windows of the sanctuary. Sure. In it. And I kind of gave that information to Abby and then Abby took it and created this gorgeous piece of art that when you look at it, you'll see on the left-hand side, which is red for the passion of the spirit, um, you'll see maybe the outline of saints Mm -hmm. who have gone before us. And in the center, you'll see our symbols that could very well be our stained glass windows and our sanctuary. You'll see water falling here in the Pacific Northwest and also the water of grace and baptism moving to the blue side of Advent and hope and the baptismal font and all of those pieces. It's all in this abstract art piece that is just gorgeous. And then Abby had it printed at a locally run Black-owned sticker shop called No Limits PDX. So if people are looking for a place, No Limits PDX are awesome. They do brilliant vinyl stickers. And so we had them printed there. And then several different households are taking the time to put the stickers onto the candles. Deacon Bonnie is scrubbing every candle to get them (laughs) clean as well as to get the like SKU number sticker off the candle. Abby put together 24 of them. So if you've gotten one mailed to you, Abby was the one who got that sticker off. And then our admin, Vicky, designed, there's a prayer card that is coming with them. Okay. With a little bit of instruction on one side. And on the other side, I opted to choose a prayer that is rooted in tradition. You can pray anything you want when you light this candle. Or if you light this candle and you don't have words to pray, there is a prayer that is rooted in the reality that hundreds of thousands of people have prayed this prayer before and will pray it after us. So instead of writing one, I found it important to connect us with the greater story and the greater tradition. So that tag is getting tied onto each candle with some of my hand-spun yarn. Oh, that's so wonderful. Which most people will have no idea about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But a little bit of my hand-spun yarn. And then there's a letter to kind of try and explain what it is that this is that's going out with them. So all of that gets assembled in various households around the city, which is what's happening this week Mm -hmm. as we record and send this out. And then in the next week and a half... We'll get our final boxes of candles in, and those will get assembled. And then they'll start to arrive on porches all over the place. I've gotten 24 of them into the mail as of today. Mm -hmm. So I think we have all of them mailed that are going to mail. You have no idea how I'm going to use the word successful, but it's not really the point. This project is for somebody listening to this who might think this is a wonderful project that they'd like to take on for their community. Mm -hmm. Would you suggest it? Has it been positive so far for you? I have found it positive in spending the time with the candles and sending them out because I'm the one doing the mailing. Mm -hmm. I certainly have found it powerful to put them together with great intention. 
and to be praying for the families as I put them together and praying for our community as I tried to write the letter. Writing the letter is as bad as writing the newsletter. It's always like trying to reach into my soul and pull something out Mm -hmm. to give away. And I'm just so tired right now. Sometimes those are really, really hard things. But hopefully someone will hear a word that they need to hear in this success. I don't know. I think, I hope... Like with my sermons, when I say if one person hears something that they sure. need, then it was successful. If one person feels like they have connected with a source of resilient hope, it will have been worth it. Sure. And so that's where I'm leaning. That's where I'm trying to keep my eye on it. I can't wait to hear what kind of feedback you get from this. The feedback I'm giving you just hearing about it, I think it's an amazing idea. We'll see. Okay, so... You're getting these out ahead of All Saints. How are you going to use it for All Saints? The hope is, and part of what we're doing is we're sending these out to every household that we have in our database. Sure. And that we have an address for. So folks who are listening to this, if you are connected to our congregation, if you are connected to our podcast, but you think you may not be in our database as an address, please contact us right away because we only have a few more weeks to be able to get enough candles and get one to you if you're hoping to receive one of these. And for folks who are far away, it may be that I'll talk to you about how you can find your own candle and I will mail you the sticker and the card sure, and all the pieces, but I may not be able to get a candle in time because they've gotten onto back order. Sure. Because welcome to a pandemic. (laughs) Absolutely. So for folks in Florida and Texas and those kinds of areas, I might just send you to find your own candle, but here are the supplies. But the hope is that we'll have them on Reformation and we can reference them on Reformation during the sermon. And then these will be the candles that we light to remember the saints on All Saints Day. Sure. This will be what we do together as a community as we remember those who've gone before us. And so instead of lighting our candles and placing them in the sand tray at the front of the sanctuary, Mm -hmm. we will light our candles in our homes and know that everyone else is lighting the same candle. Everyone else is touching the cool glass as well, right? Those sensations will carry across all around the world. That sounds amazing and powerful. So that's the hope. And also on election day, and I think we may be talking about this next week on our podcast, our intention is to have an election day vigil where we will be holding space on Zoom for free and fair election throughout the day. And so we'll talk more on the next podcast about what that can look like and how these candles may be incorporated into some of that time. Excellent. Okay, that's going to lead me to my last question. Given all the prep, all the work, all the this, that, and the other, do you think you'll do this project again? We're talking about what we want to do for Advent. And if we want to do another delivery to every household again for Advent. And I don't know. Resources are hard. (laughs) Yes. And postage is very spendy. Yes. And sadly, the post office can be slow. Yeah. Which is why we're trying to get everything out about a month, month and a half in advance. And so I don't know if we will, but I'm not saying no. And so if 
there are people who have ideas or want to help with logistics on something like this, it is a big project for a congregation with a smaller yeah. working staff. And there's a lot of hope and a lot of heart that has gone into this. It's not a larger undertaking than we thought, but it is a large undertaking. Sure. That makes perfect sense. Well, I think it sounds amazing and I can't wait to get mine. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about memorial candles. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I. And if you are in the local area and would like to receive one of these candles, perhaps, please contact me as quickly as you can, pastor at centralportland.org, and we will see whether or not we're able to get one out to you before All Saints Day. If you are farther away and you would like to receive the pieces to be able to build a candle to join us in this practice, Again, that email address is pastor at centralportland.org, and we can work to get the supplies to you as well as the instructions on how to build a candle. Our service for those dates will be our normal Sunday services on October 25th and November 1st, and we'll tell you more about that vigil for Election Day next time. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.